You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. And hopefully you guys had a good Labor Day weekend. We're getting back into the swing of things here as we will get back to recording a daily podcast. And I want to lead off the conversation with something that Nada told me about when he heard it on a different podcast. Nada, the Light Years podcast, uh, Sam Bassini was on that pod, and he talked about an interesting scenario regarding the Charlotte Hornets, something that hasn't been talked about a whole lot. I'll let you share with everyone what you heard that we'll be discussing. So, again, Sam and Andy of the uh, Light Years podcast, really good, really good people, and they had Sam Bassini from The Athletic on, and I heard this, I heard this scenario get thrown out, and it made a lot more sense when it's when it made when it hit me when I heard it because you're talking about a what it and Walker I basically we've always talked about trading back the set in the third but mm-hmm. what if the Hornets trade up? So Sam Vecini brings this to light, right? Because yeah. he's the one that asked this question. How about if the Charlotte Hornets were willing to trade up to two and if they were to give up the third overall selection and Cody Zeller to move up to two basically as the the things that actually get them that one extra spot in order to go get maybe you know whoever it would be that was mm-hmm. the scenario that Sam Vecini came up with as you were telling me not I haven't heard this but it's just basically yeah. going up to you and basically kind of giving us the conversation of is that even a possibility I'll tell you what I would think about that not I would hate this idea why would you I hate, would hate it? to give up I I would hate to give up Cody Zeller and the third overall pick in order to move up to two even if I don't even think Cody Zeller is a part of the long-term plans, okay. I wouldn't want to move up in this trade or in this draft because I don't want to give up anything in order to go get a player at the top of this draft that I'm just not sure about. And moving up one particular spot doesn't guarantee me anybody in this different realm or different tier of guys that I think you're already in with the first three spots. If you wanted to do it, <laughs> to go get a LaMelo ball or an Anthony Edwards, then I think one of those guys, if the Warriors don't trade, one of those guys is going to be available with the third overall selection for you anyway. And then you could trade Cody Zeller for something else and get some, something valuable in return. And if you want to so badly move on from Cody Zeller to trade up to go get a James Wiseman, I know you don't think that, but let's just say hypothetically that is the thing that they want to do. They trade Cody Zeller, they move up to two to solidify getting James Wiseman or whatever. That still, it's, it's somebody that, one, you would just have to pay that much more money to for a guy that I'm not even sure is going to work out. And there is a possibility for somebody else within that tier to be there with the third overall selection. I am a fan. I've said it a couple of times. I'm a fan of trading back, collecting assets, getting somebody within, I don't know, anywhere from the five to eight range, something like that, whatever, one of those teams that might be looking to go get a guy at three if they do think that the top three available in this draft are in a different tier, you can capitalize on that by getting some extra assets and getting someone that I'm just more confident in going down further into the NBA draft. I'm a fan of trading back. I'm absolutely not a fan of trading up. 
See, here's the thing. You bring this, I bring this idea of, hey guys, what if they trade up? And you just set up, I just set you up to spike it in my face. Yeah, well, it's only because we can we can talk about it. It is interesting. We can I'm talk. Not den- I'm not denying the fact that it's something nobody else is really discussing, but I do think that it would be a mistake on the Charlotte Hornets' part to try to go up one spot, give up a Cody Zeller or any trade piece whatsoever. Um, and we're only going Cody Zeller because I believe that's the scenario. Sam that's the scenario because right. no one wants Nick Batum. No one wants Nick Batum, and Cody Zeller actually fits into that trade trade exception that the Warriors have. So that would be, and I think that would be smart for the Warriors because I believe they're dealing with like some kind of salary cap of being able to take on a player with like what, 17 million? Is that that? Yeah, exactly. 17 million or or less. Exactly. So they would absorb him into the room exception that they've created with the Andrew Wiggins trade. Now, while you disagree with this idea that this can't work, this, that, and the third, it does work if you believe that there is a, a, there is a tier and it's a two person tier where it's legitimately um, not Wiseman, but Ball and Edwards, those two guys are clearly going to be the best. And then after that, that's that second tier where you have Avia, where you have a guy necessarily like Wiseman, and you have maybe an Okoro in that tier where you're not sure about these guys. I'm more for it because I think, and Sam Vecini mentions this on the pod, yo, this team is in need of star power. Like, I like Miles Bridges. He's not a star. I like a, again, I like P.J. Washington. He's not a star. We, As we saw, he didn't even get a rookie of the year vote over the weekend. And that's not first, second, or third. This team is in need of star power. And if you're telling me that there's a shot at one of the two stars in this draft to change exactly the stars of, the stars of this franchise, to change the direction of this franchise – I think it kind of behooves you to to trade the guy that probably isn't in your future long-term plans to get that there. And more importantly, provide yourself with more ammunition with a trade player exception that works a year after you, again, that basically works a year after you um, trade for the guy. So therefore, that trade traded player exception that you create, I think that kind of works for the Hornets, especially considering they might have the cleanest cap sheet that we haven't again there's there's a whole lot of this that financially it makes more sense to do it because this way you set yourself up to be one of those teams that can absorb more guys and absorb more picks for cap cap space and purposes and become one of those teams similar to what OKC does similar to what other teams do in terms of hoarding assets and being able to use them to build themselves look at Boston for for example Boston's been doing this perfectly for years. So why not follow that model and get yourself a star? Well, Boston also traded the first overall pick to move to three because they liked a guy that was going to be there at three. In a stronger draft. Sure. Well, right. But that's almost even proving my point even more so. In a stronger draft where, yes, there was some star power there. But also, I don't see anybody that is, you know, has these three players in this one tier. And then it's just this big, dramatic drop-off. We're talking about LaMelo Ball being one of the biggest stars in this draft, potentially. And even guys like Chad Ford and other NBA analysts think, well, he would be maybe the fifth overall pick in a normal stocked draft. Not even a strong one, just a normal one. He would be four or fifth overall selected. And 
we're selecting third. I have, I'm, we, this goes into the NFL draft conversation quite a bit every single year. And it mm-hmm. reminds me in particular of the Chicago Bears and San Francisco trade, especially here because Chicago, a couple of years ago, they moved up from three to go to two to select Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I'm not even talking about that being an awful decision because Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes were there. I'm mm-hmm. just talking about the overall idea that if you think you have a guy that, could be gone within the first couple of overall selections that you have, then I get why Chicago would want to go all in with their guy. And that's something you brought up. I'm not denying that. If the Hornets think that LaMelo or Anthony Edwards is at risk of being gone within the first two picks, so much so that they need to get their hands on him, and that's the one they want to live and die by, then fine. If you're the general manager, then go all in on guys that you're that confident in. I'm here for that. I think that would be a mistake from my evaluation of all of these guys. That would be a mistake for me because I want to use Cody Zeller, the most valuable trade asset we have as far as guys that are realistically going to be traded, in my opinion. I'd rather use him for something else. And I would like to take what I think is a very, very good chance that one of Edwards and or Ball is going to be there at three overall, um, assuming that Wiseman is going to be the second overall pick. And even if he's not, I mean, you've already, I've already talked to you about my love for Vassell and even an Akungwu would be cool with me if we moved down or stayed at three. Like, I just don't think there's that kind of separation. Uh, and also, one other thing is we can you know, touch on this before we take a quick break. Uh, I'm with you. I don't know if this, I'm pretty sure that this team doesn't have this outstanding star on its roster, but you and I both know we should not abide by the voting results for PJ Washington as evidence of that, because that was a huge mistake for PJ not to get one damn vote. You and I both were angry at the voting results regarding PJ Washington and his lack of rookie of the year votes that he received. And that's fair. But again, at this point, Devonte didn't get any love either. Like, I understand that does that start right though. Like it, it goes more to, to the national perception where both you and I do think people are wrong on that. Like PJ pretty clearly should have gotten not even more votes than he did, at least just freaking one. And Devontae should have gotten more love for MIP. So it doesn't make it right just because we think um just because we're kind of using that as, you know, the Hornets don't have a whole lot of national prowess. Fair enough. I like I just think if you believe that those two are the stars. If those two are the stars, and I'm starting to get to that point where I think it's those two and then there's a gap, I think you got to do whatever you can, quite honestly. Well, um, I do think that those certainly are among the more uh, untradeable assets, not untradeable, but the ones that they certainly don't want to because they have among the most value of uh, individuals on this roster. And I want to get to a Twitter question that we had from our buddy Pre Malone, Panthers Mafia. And I want to get to that in the second segment. But first, I want to talk about something that should have a lot of national prowess, and that's rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. And rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. They have an ev- they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks and deliver directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at uh, rockauto.com 
are always reliably low. Go there right now, rockauto.com, and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We talk about the trade value of one Devontae Graham next on the uh, Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm, I'm a little. I listen. Hold on. I, now, see, uh, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this, this is what frustrates me. You know, I'm uh-huh. under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart, you have soul, you have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So now that we were asked a Twitter question over the mm-hmm. weekend, we did not respond to this, so we apologize that way. But we always like to discuss these on the show. Exactly. We use this for content. We do. Oh, we appreciate you guys doing our work for us. And so we allowed Panthers Mafia Prima Malone to do that. Always a supporter of the show. And we always appreciate Always fun to talk with him on Twitter when we do respond. And I know you've talked to him quite a bit. Anyways, uh, mm-hmm. he says, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, Am I crazy to not think Graham is as safe as everyone else thinks? This is really the beginning of the build, and he's already 25. So if a team wanted him, I wouldn't think he's untouchable. Yeah, I I think I am going to sit the fence on this one and agree and disagree with it at the same time. Oh, come on. Take a side. Very cold take. here's, Here's my opinion on this. There's nobody on this roster that is deemed untouchable. I think the closest thing to that is P.J. Washington because of his age, because of what he did, because he does fit the modern NBA. P.J. Washington is the closest thing to untouchable, certainly in my opinion. Um, Devontae Graham, I think, would be the next closest. And I don't think any of these guys are really all that particularly close, just to be clear. But it would take quite a bit, in my opinion, to pry Devontae Graham from this roster. I don't think that this is going to be someone that the Charlotte Hornets are looking to sell high on. If, if he comes out and let's say he shoots 37, 38% again from three, but he's doing so with a lot of variety of really hard shots from beyond the perimeter. And let's say that he continues to struggle inside the three point arc where he's struggling to hit his floaters. He's struggling to finish at the rim, kind of like what we saw this season. And you basically just think he is what he is, especially with him already being 25 Maybe you would look to try to say, okay, what can we get in return for him? But I highly doubt that. I I don't think anybody is untouchable on this roster, but I would be very surprised if the Hornets were actively looking and listening to offers on Devontae Graham. I I just think it's highly unlikely that he is ever going to be traded from this team, at least in the short-term outlook. You know, you convinced me to sit on the fence along with you because (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, they're actively shopping him, but... To actively shop him means that you're actually interested in moving him for anything. And I don't think they're shopping him. I'm like you. I think if the right deal comes along, they're going to do it and be okay with it. I I am one of those that believes that, like you said, there's no one safe on this team. And I would, like, I said, like you, I would put PJ on there. And because of the low return, I believe Malik's on there too. But in terms of like the guys they want to build around, I, again, I I see Devontae staying here. I see Devontae signing a four for forty million dollar deal at some point between now and the offseason. There's a lot of this that gets interesting, but 
I don't like if you're talking about people that are probably closer to Inkton, like put the Sharpie on in terms of they they have a spot. Devontae is closer to actually being Sharpied in rather than like Miles who's probably in some court, some, like the mechanical pen or like, again, PJs and crayon. You're not erasing crayon ever or marker or Sharpie. So um, I just don't like, I really don't know. Like I really, like there's part of me that really thinks that Devontae is one of those guys that he'd be like that sneak trade where you trade him because one, you don't feel like paying him, but as I learned also, when you start looking at the uh, Hornets cap sheet going forward, there's not a lot of money, like not a lot of long-term money being dedicated to a lot of things. So I could see them signing him for like four for 40 and then being, and if this goes sideways again, him being one of the first to get to be dealt for some sort of asset. So, so let's think about the, yeah. So let's, let's think about this from what kind of things he would bring in and what would be attractive to the Hornets, because you're not bringing him in for some kind of established veteran. We're just not there yet here in Charlotte. It's not mm-hmm. bringing established veterans, which means you're also probably not bringing him in for a young player that is deemed a project because that is what Devonte Graham is where he even already has established success. So even if he is already 25, I get it. Even if it is only a second year, he is older than that second year would usually indicate for the second year player in the NBA. He's still not going to be battling father time anytime in the next five years. So he still could be a pillar of the rebuild that you have. You're not trading him for a younger player in the NBA and if you're trading him for an unprotected first round pick, which is what it would take for me to think about getting rid of a point guard in the NBA that has shown a really high ability to shoot the ball, which is becoming crazy important in the modern NBA, then, um, then that, that's what it would take. And I don't know if another team is willing to part ways with an unprotected first round pick. So I, I just don't think that it's really feasible to think Devontae Graham is going to be off of this roster in that regard. It, 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 and even if you do not a trade him for an unprotected first round pick, something you always bring up in a lot of these different scenarios is think about how pissed fans are going to be. Like we finally yep. have somebody that we really rallied behind this season. And if you're constantly trying to appease to the fans, yes, winning does that for you. But what is trading Devonte Graham guaranteeing as far as winning for you? Like I'm not trading Devonte Graham for, I guess it depends on what team you're talking about, but man, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm, an unprotected first round pick is, is getting me to pick up the phone and, and yeah. really seriously think about it. But it doesn't mean that I'm immediately pulling the trigger. And I don't know if another team is really willing to do that, especially if they're looking to rebuild themselves. I just don't see a scenario where one, it's really all that realistic. And also, I don't know why the Charlotte Hornets would do it, particularly at this stage right now. Exactly. And when you think about who you would get in return, think about the market. Like, if you're talking about a team that is a Devontae Graham away from really, really doing some damage, you're probably talking about Philly, and you're maybe, maybe, just maybe talking about the Lakers. Those markets are not going to give you what you want for it. So the more I think about it, the more it's like the market's got to change dramatically in terms of who needs a point guard for you to start thinking about it. Maybe the Knicks, and I stress maybe. Like, start thinking about the market in terms of who they would trade him for and who's going to have to sign him and pay him a lot of money to do it. It doesn't make sense when you start really considering the market. Like, you start thinking Philly, New York, L.A. After that, who really needs a point guard right now? Yeah, Not Phoenix. 
D- Devontae's the guy you bet on, man. I mean, yeah. we talked about this. I know you're a little skeptical to say that. And and even with his second half struggles, actually getting the ball through the hoop from the outside, uh, I, I, I'm still betting on Devontae because of his ability to pass. I, I even in, in his first year, I mean, not a, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We, we thought Devontae was a good decision maker you're a good passer, even when he wasn't shooting at a high percentage in his rookie season when he was getting run at the end. I think he's a good passer. I think he's a good shooter. I think that's there. Like there's enough evidence at Kansas to, I think, provide you some confidence that he can continue to shoot at a high level. Maybe a little bit worried at the beginning with his lack of strength from mm-hmm. shooting it from so deep. But man, he fixed that immediately. Like he was taking some long shots this season. So I'm betting that he can continue to be a good shooter. I'm betting that he can continue to be a good passer. And the thing that you're really hoping he can fix is being just good enough inside for him to, you know, be among the top point guards in the league, you know, certainly top half of the point guards in the league, which is something I will certainly take with a second round pick that they used on him a couple of years ago. Exactly. So therefore, like, we start talking about gambling on dudes, and this is the type of dude you gamble on. Granted, I'm not one of those that believes that you give him anywhere close to, like, you max him out. You don't rookie max him out. But if you get, like I said, you give him a market deal. You give him anywhere from 10 to $14 million a year. I can be okay with that, you know? Like, I, I really do, like, I can be okay with that. I, I'm one of those people that doesn't believe that he's worth a long-term investment, but even then, if you do a smart deal, I'm not going to be mad. You do a Kemba-like deal where he outplays that deal, yo, go ahead for it. But the age is the only thing that always stops me on this. The age is the only thing. And if anything, that's why you do the four-year deal and then you go, okay, we'll see where we are after that. And then it becomes a Kemba-like situation almost sometimes. So I don't know. This A lot of this gets sticky for me and a lot of this like worries me a little bit, you know? All right. A lot of the deals I think that you should absolutely bet on as well are on DoorDash right now as we speak. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting that they have. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and a $0 delivery fee on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code, all one word, locked on NBA. That's $5 off of your order and zero delivery fee on your first order, I should say, when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code, Locked on NBA. Don't forget that's code all one word. Code all one word. Locked on NBA for five dollars off of your first order with DoorDash. One more segment to go. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs and how it happened over the long weekend. Uh, that's next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want to be you. back on the show, I baby. I got you, Doug. You want to be back you, on Doug. the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
actually had somewhat of a salvaged series with Toronto, tying it up to mm-hmm. two, and then eventually, you know, wetting the bed in a game mm-hmm. five. That saw the Boston Celtics destroy Toronto. We saw a tied up series between the Clippers and the Nuggets, and eventually the Clippers able to survive in their game three to take the 2-1 series lead over Denver. The Clippers were able to do so. A series that is tied between the Rockets and the Lakers right now. We actually have some close series as it um, is is uh, for, for the most part for a lot of the matchups that we have besides Milwaukee. Aren't you worried about these second rounders being not the, all that interesting either? No, mm-hmm. no, that's not true. I was worried about the first round and that. And then you were wrong true. about that one, though. Though you were well, wrong you about. Want, look, I don't know why you want me to be wrong. <laughs> here, Nana. I think you're wrong. You're wrong in my assessment. I am on the record for saying that the second round of the NBA playoffs was going to be fascinating. And I think, well, here's what happened. I guess what you're right about is. After the 2-0 lead that the Celtics took, I think me, along with everyone else, was really worried that Toronto wouldn't be able to get back in that series. And it took a hot potato shot from OJ Ananobi with five tenths of a second left to actually bring that within the realm for them to win. Milwaukee, they're just procrastinating what is an inevitable uh, offseason of crazy storylines like where is Giannis going to go and they're going to lose the series to Miami. But what have you thought about some of the series that we've had in the second round so far? I think they've been good. I think a lot of these are closer to being over than you think. Um, Milwaukee's like the most interesting one because obviously Miami's just strictly outplayed them like and has made it look easy at times. And honestly, like we talk about things that have to change. You have to fire Bud if they lose this series. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. The only way you don't is if they somehow get it to a seven-game series. And even then... The lack of adjustments in Milwaukee has kind of forced his hand almost to where you have to fire Bud because how do you otherwise keep Giannis interested in staying there? Um, I think Houston and Lakers is closer than to over than we think because, man, Russ. Russ is just bad. He's Russ been is, bad, man. Russ has been bad. And this is one of those, like, you hate to see your legends get old, but the legend right. is getting old and – his inability to shoot is now starting to catch up with him to where they're basically running boxing one on, on James Harden. And essentially they can do that, get away with it and leave Russ all the way in the, in the corner, like Carlton at Bel Air Academy, just wide open. Like, you know, he ain't hitting that shot. Yeah. So, hoping that the shot goes in and eventually it goes way out of bounds. Yeah, exactly. Like at some point, like between that, between those two series, um, Denver's almost over though. And Denver shocked me game two. And I think that series is almost over because I think you've gotten like the new firmware update from Kawhi to where he's just on. I'm going to extend my middle finger to block you. Block your dunk. (laughs) Uh, That was incredible. I want to go back to the Buck series real quickly. You brought up coach Mike Budenholzer. And this was a team that in the regular season was on pace to win 70 games. And I think when they were on pace to win 70 games, people at least at that point in time were ready to declare uh, that the Malcolm Brogdon decision was just fine, that they could roll through everybody. And they decided, you know what? They don't really need Malcolm Brogdon. A little bit of the criticism that they did take for not signing the Virginia product. Uh, it's now over because of how much success they've had. Ooh, they boy. get to, I think, really the last five games of the regular season as it ended. And they lost like four of the last five. 
in the bubble. They never looked all that good. They even lose a game to Orlando and they're barely able to hold on against the Miami Heat where, yes, they didn't have Giannis for a significant part of that game, but it took them overtime in order to even procrastinate this series from actually coming to an end. Nada, also... Can we talk about Budenholzer's comments and how self-deprecating they Ooh, are boy. without him actually even knowing it? I, Ooh, these, these comments from him are bad. And, and a downright refusal to acknowledge adjust. the criticism and just adjust whatsoever. Like, here's the thing. I saw Kevin Pelton put this out there. And he talked about how the storyline of Giannis not playing enough has been overplayed because the Bucks have actually been pretty good without Giannis playing. Okay, Kevin Pelton is one of the smartest and hardworking, by all accounts, dudes in the NBA business. Not I have to completely throw that tweet out of the window. You're, mm-hmm. What you're telling me is, is that that's a Bucks team that is just as good, or at least as good in the moment, without Giannis out there on the court. That's what you're telling me without him playing over 40 minutes in a contest. And if that's the case, then that's a big damn indictment on Giannis as a superstar in general. If you're exactly. telling me that it's okay for him to actually play 36 minutes max because they've been okay and good without Giannis out there playing on the court. If that's the case, then cool. But it really needs to bring up a lot bigger Giannis conversation than even what we're having right now, where it might even be a little too hyperbolic with a lot of these other people and what they're uh, talking about. Like bottom line, bud, play Giannis more than 40 minutes. It's ridiculous that you're not. And even Middleton playing like barely more than what Giannis did a couple of games ago. Like, What is up with Boonholzer's refusal to play his stars? Like more so than what, uh, what everybody else wants. Uh, I, not, it, it doesn't, I, I know you feel the same way. It doesn't make any sense. Like here's the thing that bugs me about most of this conversation. Like, this should be stuff that people know. Like, you play your stars more. You rest your stars in the regular season to play them for playoff minutes. And if you're telling me that you rested him for all this just to continue resting him, then you have a regular season mentality going into the playoffs, and that doesn't help anybody. I don't know who that helps. That doesn't help That doesn't help Giannis. That doesn't help Middleton. That doesn't help the team. At what point... Are we just going like, and this is where the thing that bugs me about Bud the most, like you're honestly calling for people to fire you. Now, the only <laughs> thing that like, really are. like the only other thing that makes sense is if the, the minutes rotation is not up to him. That's the only way this makes sense. And this is a front office decision. And if that's the case, yo, you got, again, you got to go out firing. You got to be yeah. like, look, it's not my decision. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like there, again, it's coach, Bud. you've won 60 games. How many times with teams that you probably shouldn't, yo, you might as well, or you've earned the right to buck at the front office. If they're telling you Giannis can't play more than X amount of minutes, because I if get, you, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any I, sense at all. I get that the pandemic took away the advantage to a certain degree, took, took away the advantage from the Milwaukee Bucks as far as them actually resting their stars compared to how much the other stars in the NBA had to play. Because you get this long break that James Harden, LeBron James, uh, you know, all these other guys that have played a lot of minutes, they get to rest because of the pandemic allows them to do so. So I get that that advantage was taken away from Milwaukee a little bit. But are you telling me right now that if you actually had to start at the end of the season, that that advantage was you, you would have squashed it anyway because of your philosophy to only play them 35, 36 minutes at max. And by the way, that's his comments where he's saying yep. we're already pushing it. 
if we get to 35 and 36. Like, that's his comments. That's not even me trying to read the tea leaves on how he thinks. That's him directly telling us what he thinks. And not I put this out on Twitter. <laughs> we all questioned the decision. I questioned this like hell at the time. I, mm-hmm. I love Eric Bledsoe for a lot of things that he does. I also think that maybe he's a little overrated in certain areas. That he yes, he is. Regular season this year. I thought he had a good regular season. I'm not taking that away. But they decided, even before the playoffs last year, so it's not like they did this after his postseason performance, but they decided to give Eric Bledsoe a big boy contract, and they did not give one to Malcolm Brogdon. Who performed the best in the postseason last year? Clearly, it was Malcolm Brogdon, and Eric Bledsoe was really bad. And they did not decide to re-sign Malcolm Brogdon, which they could have had both. Like That's something that is crazy about all of this is, a lot of people were making it an Eric Bledsoe or Malcolm Brogdon thing. Man, if they just would have ponied up and actually dealt and, and dove into the luxury tax, where that's what you do if you're a small market team and you have that opportunity. And you know Giannis is coming. And yes. you know Giannis, you're trying to keep Giannis. You, yes. you go into the tax for that. You could have done that and you could have you could have gotten gotten into the luxury tax and kept both of them, one of which who was probably the second best buck in the playoffs for you with Malcolm Brogdon, but you decided to let him go to another Eastern Conference team, by the way. So that went wrong. Eric Bledsoe went wrong. The inability of, of Bud to adjust went wrong. And Giannis' playoff problems went wrong. Like, I was, those were all of the reasons why we were worried about Milwaukee actually winning a championship this season. I didn't expect all of them to go Mm. wrong. And that's where we are. And I'm surprised that they missed on every single one of those things rather than at least splitting the difference, at least having the teeter totter balance. Man, it's really heavily outweighed on one side and it's the negative side. And at this point, how bad is Eric Spolstra mooning? Coach Bud on the other side with all these adjustments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's like that's quite honestly that's the big thing right now is just Spolstra is just out coaching him and just showing him exactly every single weakness that the Milwaukee Bucks have. Spolstra is putting all those on Front Street right well, now. It's, and and I go back to that Duncan Robinson article that dropped by Ramona Shelburne. I don't know if you read that, Nada, but Doris Burke was actually talking about that during the game. I think it was a uh, maybe a couple of games ago. And Duncan Robinson had a choice to play with the summer league team with the Heat or, by the way, either one of those two teams. And he decided to go with Eric Spolstra because of the commitment to player development that they've shown over the years and the success that they've had with player development. And look at Duncan Robinson becoming one of the best shooters in all of the NBA, whether it be volume and or efficiency. Mm -hmm. He's top 10. Like that's crazy for a guy that did go from the D3 transferring to Michigan, only averaging nine a game. And here he is because that program, that team does such a good job. And even with Kendrick Nunn, even if you think those stats are a little empty, uh, still, that's a guy that wasn't a highly thought of dude coming out uh, into the NBA draft and has a pretty significant role for a team that was mm-hmm. able to make the postseason this year. That, that's the blueprint. Like we, we always talk about the heat and the blueprint for all these teams and what the Charlotte Hornets need to follow. But man, the heat, like that's kind of the ceiling of this process, right? You get a star, you develop all of these other guys, eventually try to get enough cap space to get two stars with all of these other role players that you've homegrown. If they're able to get a Giannis and then win a championship, like that's the peak in how you go about it that route. In Miami, they're certainly trying to show you the the absolute peak of the route they're taking. Exactly. And again, when they get Giannis in a year or in this offseason, we're all going to be mad and we're all going to see this coming and then we're all going to be miserable once those Heat Hornet games happen. And again, you see the path 
and you see the you see the train coming, and you know it's not a ray of hope. It's just the oncoming train. <laughs> that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show, and thanks to Nada for bringing us the the SmackDown. A couple of these shows with gentrified Kimba Walker, and now the train that is inevitably going to hit you. Now, please tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.